just go into a doxology. Did you hear me what I said? Hallelujah. They would go into a praise when the argument couldn't be settled. When they couldn't fight it out anymore. They just go, would somebody praise him with me? Hallelujah. That's what that word means. Would you join me in a praise? Hallelujah. Would you join me in a praise? You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. When I can't settle the score from you are all things. When the argument can't be said to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Yeah, one more time, come on. When we don't know what to do. You're worthy of it all. We're looking unto you. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. That's called the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, oh creatures here below. Praise God, you heavenly host. When you don't know how to settle the score, just look to God. It's doxology, praise, let oh my soul bless the Lord. And forget not all his benefits who heals all our diseases, who forgives all of our iniquities, whose loving kindness is new every morning, whose peace surpasses all understanding. They praised when the walls were still up, come on. They praised when the walls were still up, come on. This has to be a house who praises their end from the beginning. system clap it into your system say yes let that be unto me according to thy word y'all did that you praised me through <laughs> I've had church if that was it I would have say it was been good to have been there 
Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Mm. it is in that other realm here on earth. It is already that way. Hallelujah. The entrance of your word giveth light. They give understanding to the simple. Psalm 119. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, yes. The entrance of thy word giveth light and giveth understanding to the simple. When you put a TH on the end of words, it sounds more holy. You should know that. That's why we do it. Sounds really nice. The Lord loves it when we speak in Elizabethan language. The Lord loves it. It's the only one he listens to. He likes it a lot. Um, <laughs> my daughter, uh, my daughter, uh, our daughter, gave Tamara, um, my wife, a pin um, from, when, from her trip in France this summer, gave her a pin that says, bacteria, the only culture some people will ever have. <laughs> so I'm going to preach today a message with the title, Praise, the only culture we can't live without. From the rising of the sun... Come on, Kelly James. To the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. That's a song. Last week, uh, Tamara and I were uh, presented with a marvelous opportunity to get depressed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We were presented with a marvelous opportunity to go on a complete fast. Whenever something happens with us, uh, we have for the past five years, um, typically when health issues arrive, because of the unique uh, biochemistry that we have, we're able to fast. Um, We're not on any regular medications or anything like that. And so I always tell people to consult their, their physician before ever doing anything like that. But... We can, and and so we do, fast. And that just means for us only water and tea and broth when needed. And it was a challenge for us. and But one we were ready to accept. We had a goal. We made a decision. We had the way and the means to do it. Um, thankfully, fasting is free. <laughs> you save a lot of money <laughs> on your grocery bill. <laughs> But then you have to have the willpower to do it. And over the last couple of years in my um, being in relationship with uh, the depression that had been upon my life, I wasn't, didn't just have the emotional capacity to fast. And so, um, but I do now. And so we were able to do it. And so was Tamara. And so with the, with the goal, the way, power, and the agency, 
along with a great deal of support from our social network, we embarked on a fast. And, and so what that allows us to do is take those times, morning, noon, and night, that we would ordinarily be eating, planning to eat, shopping to eat, driving to eat, <laughs> thinking about eating, <laughs> thinking about drinking, uh, recovering from eating, okay? Um, doing the dishes, all these kinds of things that we would ordinarily take up some of our time, we would use that time to meditate or pray or to praise the Lord. And so um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks um, being out of this house, and I asked the group earlier this morning, does it feel like you have lived a couple of lifetimes in the last two weeks? <laughs> does it feel like you have been in life and is doing, so it feels like, gosh, that was just two weeks ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago um, since we were together. Um, and so we embarked on this fast and it allowed some more space in our life for praise. And that's what I want to talk to us about today. Um, using the lectionary texts, as you know, I have, we are going to go ahead and go through as a church um, with the lectionary, which just is a compilation of scriptures that um, was put together many, many, many uh, years ago. And the church at large, um, most, most like traditional Orthodox churches and things like that go through those texts. And in some churches, they read all of the texts, one from a Hebrew, uh, a Hebrew text, um, as some of us call it the Old Testament, but really more accurately, it's, it's to be named the Hebrew Scriptures. And then a psalm or something from the wisdom text, so from the wisdom books like Lamentation, Ecclesiastes, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, the wisdom books, the you know, all of those um, sort of poetry um, forward books. And then, um, so, uh, you know, an excerpt from there, and then an excerpt from a gospel, which would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then an epistle, which is just the letters that mostly Paul wrote in, the, in our um, kind of Christian scriptures or New Testament. Um, so today's uh, scripture that I'm lifting up today is... Psalm 145. Kelly, Mama, did you bring your big Bible? Oh, no. I hope, I, I, if you're right, I am going to be so proud of you. I'm going to be so proud. Um, yeah, 145, it kind of is the beginning. So there's all, does anybody know how many Psalms there are in our book of Psalms? 150, yeah, 150. If you read five a day, um, you can get through them in a month. Just like Proverbs, you read one proverb a day, there's 31 of them. You have to double up on February, you know. You got to make room <laughs> when there's only 30 days. But anyway, Psalm 45, let us read together if you have it on your phone or, or your uh, Bible. I will extol you, my God. And bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation, hey Kelly, shall extol your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. 
They will recount the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They will proclaim the mighty the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. Say that again, the Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. Oh, cool. Uh, Next one is even better. And his compassion is over all that he has made. Next time you are in a Twitter debate or a Facebook debate, social media debate, with someone trying to tell you that God is only good to those who fill in the blank. You can pull this little scripture out and say, oh, but I know that Psalm 145.9 says, the Lord is good to all right-wing conservative Christians. Oh, no. The Lord, oh, the Lord is good to all left liberal social justice warriors. Oh, no. Oh. oh, it doesn't even have a qualifier. Oh, that's so nice. It's been there the whole time. Good. The Lord is good to everybody who goes to church and doesn't smoke. Good. Ah, oh, no, no, no. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. The Lord, verse 14, everybody go scroll down, verse 14, because there's a whole bunch of good stuff between 10 and uh, 13, but it's just more goodness, so you can read it later. For, verse 14, the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. Oh, wait, the Lord doesn't kick you when you're down? Oh, the Lord, up, the, the, the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down? What about another scripture that said the Lord is near the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds? The Lord does not chastise the hurting. We see it right here. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all, verse 15, look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. Satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him and all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over All who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Yay. Good. That settles that. (laughs) 
Awesome. Uh, verse 21. Good, I'm glad we took care of that one. And all the wicked ones. <laughs> cool, the Lord destroys them. Yay, Jesus. Number 21, uh, verse 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. If you notice, verse 18 is a hinge verse, is what the scholars like to call it. Because before verse 18, it's unconditional. Did you notice it? Before verse 18, everybody's in, everybody's on it. God is kind to all. God is good to everyone. Everybody's getting satisfied. Everybody's getting what they need. And then in verse 18, like the journal entry takes a turn. The journal entry is like, <laughs> I do believe God is good to all. But then what about Jim? The Lord will smite all the wicked. <laughs> good. But Lord, take Jim out. I don't want to live next to him in heaven. And so my mouth will speak. So it's called a hinge verse. It's conditional. It's all of a sudden full of conditions. And what our lovely um, uh, brothers and sisters in the faith who love these texts, because we're not the only ones who read the Psalms, Islam and the Judaism read, read these texts. Other world religions read these texts. They love to wrestle with um, just seemingly opposing truths. They love it. They like a good, you know, uh, midrash, a good, a good time with some Jewish brothers and sisters. They would go, ooh, it said all in verse 17, but then it says those who love him in verse 18. What are we going to do with that? How are we going to wrestle with that text? Because it sounds unconditional, then it becomes conditional. So it's a nice place to wonder and to wrestle. And I was listening to one of my favorite rabbis that I listened to on a podcast, um, a Messianic uh, Jew. Um, and they're just fascinating to me, and I listen to it, and I love it. And he said, now, my friends, I was with a group of Christian brothers and sisters. He's talking to his Jewish congregation. I was with a group of Christian brothers and sisters who would prefer things to be black and white who would prefer things to be this way and that way. And when I introduced this contradictory text, and it wasn't this one, but how many know that the Bible is full of con seemingly contradictory texts? When you see a contradictory text, do not go to battle with your well-meaning friend who is proof-texting your ass all day long about this, that, and the other. You invite them to the sandbox of wonder. You invite them to wonder what this means and wonder who was writing this and how it was written. I have three points this morning. It's morning, noon, and night. I will speak the end from the beginning. Job, the book of Job 22, 28 says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Another translation says the same verse of Job twenty-two twenty-eight: You decide on a matter, and it will be established for you, and then light will shine on your way. In the morning... When I rise. To bless the Lord, the literal word there used in so many of the Psalms, the songs of praise, to bless means, and, and some people ask me, how does a creature bless the creator? How can you bless the Lord? Sometimes it's just a platitude that is used in Christian circles. Well, bless the Lord. <laughs> or, oh, praise God. 
or oh hallelujah, and we're not so sure what that means. But to bless, and that word in Hebrew literally means to speak well of. Oh, speak well of the Lord, my soul. Oh, speak well of the Lord from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. To praise, to bless, to extol. How does a created thing bless the Lord? To speak well, to think well. I have used this practice a number of years in my life, and it has really saved many a tragic situation from going even worse. In life, you will have the diagnosis. You will have the bad news. You will have the layoff. You will have these moments where the news comes. And for many, many years, I have said, watch the first words. Watch them. Because when you speak from that point of concentrated power and energy, it will be the course that you set for yourself while you walk through that problem. So I've always said, when I, I, I remember my life when I got uh, laid off from a, a, a job that I really loved and was making more money than I'd ever made, and I was 27 years old, and I was sitting in my, standing in my office, and they just told me they're shutting the firm down. Okay. Shutting the firm down. I'm 27. Cool. I stood in my office, and I remember I said, this will be for my benefit. I'm speaking out the favor before me before I even get there, like Job 22 says. I'm going to speak it out. I'm going to make a decision that this is not going to be to my detriment, and then light will shine on it. Until you decide, until you decidre, until you, in Latin, make the choice that you're not going to stay in the gray of this could be wrong for me, when you say it is, then the power of God says it is. Like Adam, when God brought the animals to Adam to name, and the story goes in the first part of Genesis that he brought the animals and he allowed the human to name them, Whatever the Adam named them, so the divine named them. Name it unto you according to your faith. Maybe you don't have a word. So that's where the beautiful genius Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Helper. The Holy One that comes alongside of you. When you're depressed, distressed, downtrodden. And some other words I want to use that are more cuss words than, than I would normally. When you're down, then the Holy One will lift you up and give you a word to say. Maybe it's just a little whisper in your heart and you can barely say it through the tears and through your hyperventilating. Maybe you barely can get it out. But you speak what he speaks. And then on the converse, he'll speak what you speak. Just in that first model This new day in the morning is too dear with its hopes and invitations to waste a moment on the yesterdays, said Ralph Emerson. Number two, at noon, 
From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, there is a noon hour when fatigue and stress and the impending not getting the to-do list done like you thought you would comes in. This week, I was um, getting ready and I noticed it was the middle of the day. And uh, Tamara's been on a dissertation deadline. That's where she is this morning. She's working up until noon. She should be done in two minutes. Hey, baby, are you out there? Are you done almost? Um, with <laughs> the last I looked at this document, there were nearly 300 pages she's been working on. Can you go, oh, Jesus, my Lord. And it's all about the project that she did with us in April, that, that conference and stuff. She's still working on that. Um, so at noon, so I'm getting ready um, in the afternoon, and I noticed that one of Tamara's dresses is on the floor from her closet. I normally don't really look into her closet. We have closets that are um, parallel, so mine's here, and hers is here, and then there's like this chest of drawers in the middle. And I was over here, and I noticed like one of her dresses is on the floor. I'm like, that's weird. And so... I kind of look around, and her entire closet rail, like the rod, had fallen down. And like 1,000 pieces of dresses, I'm just kidding, but, but like millions of dresses were just like on the floor. And I was like, whoa, that is bad. And like, <laughs> it's like down. And I noticed that the hardware, uh, wooden hardware that's been there, you know, not too many years, since 1958. It's been there. And so finally, it just gave out, I guess. It's just like, whew, it's done. And the hardware was out. Well, she's in the middle of this dissertation deadline, and when Tamara goes deep, Tamara goes deep. Are you that person? When you are focusing, you can't even like, yes, I'd like a cracker. Like, you can't even respond. She's that kind of person. I'll be like, Honey, do you want some tea? I don't know. Do you want tea? I don't know. You know, it's like, whoa, okay. I just wanted to know if you wanted tea. And like, because she And she describes it to me that she goes so deep. She's so hyper-focused. It's not that she's trying to be snappy with me. It's just that she's so deep in what she's doing that to come back up just to have a nice pleasantry is really difficult. I'm not that way. I'm always pleasantry. So I'm just always like, surface, I don't know. Hi, how are you doing? And so, anyway, uh, we're different. But I'm not always pleasant, am I? This row can tell you. <laughs> so, I, um, <laughs> so I noticed the thing. But she's in the middle of this writing thing. And I want to scream out, oh, my God, your closet broke. But look how mature I have gotten over the years. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I went to Lowe's. I went to Home Depot without saying anything. I left Tamara and Beckett. And they know that I normally don't go to the store in the middle of the day. I mean, that's like not when I go to the store. But I was like, well, I'm going to go and buy this piece of hardware. And I'm going to have it on hand for when she sees it. I'm going to already have the fix in place. I was so proud of myself. So I go to the store, I find the hardware, I come back, and 
they were sitting right as I walk in the door. There, we have this table, and they were sitting there, and I wasn't expecting them to sit, sit there, and so I didn't have it in a bag. So I have this piece of closet hardware in my hand at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So they ask me, what's going on? I said, oh, just wait and see. <laughs> wait and see. I am the savior of the world. <laughs> just wait and see. And so they go back there. I said, let's go back to your closet. They look at it, and they're like, oh, my God. And so Beckett grabs the thing, and we do it, and we fix it. And it was so cool to... Tamara didn't even know she had a mess. Come on, some of my, come on, thing. Tamara didn't even know that it had happened. She didn't walk away from the mess knowing it had happened. She walked away from it, and we asked Beckett, "Did you hear something crash?" And she said, "Yeah, I did hear something crash. I didn't know what it was, and it was that." And I began to think of the father. And why we, it is good for us to praise God. When we don't even know the mess we're about to encounter. We have an El Shaddai who has already put the fix in place. Who has already provided the solution necessary. When the day is long and our strength is half done, it's only then that the Father's full giving has only begun. The Father's full provision is already in place. If we can remember that at the noon hour when the sun is hot, when the day is long, when the stress is high, when the problem occurs that you didn't even know you had, when the spreadsheet doesn't total, when the group doesn't do what they said they were going to do, when you get back to the staff meeting and some so-and-so said they'd have it on and they don't, God already has a provision in place. If we will rise up and say, I know that you've got this. I know that you've got this problem, and I know that, like, the hardware for the closet, you've already got a fix. All I've got to do is look to Jesus. Just look to him. Ask the Holy One on the inside, what do you know that I don't know about this? But so often, like the old song says, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless, oh, what pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If it were to be a habit that all throughout the day we look to the one, we look to the one, we look, we look, we look, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. And number three, in the night, <laughs> in the night season. Remember that old song, 10,000 Reasons? And when the night comes... And when the night comes, may we be found blessing the Lord for all the ways in which God has shown God's favor and God's blessing on our, on our, on our behalf. <laughs> in the night season, let it be said of us and those that thank and praise the Lord for all that has taken place. I have said over my life for 20 years or more, I am always at the intersection of grace and peace. I am always at the intersection of provision and mercy. 
it used to irritate me. <laughs> it used to irritate me because there wouldn't be people for miles, and then I start to back up my car, and here comes a whole load of cars. And I'd be like, what the heck? Why is this always happening? Well, the Lord switched it for me, something that used to irritate me years ago. I now say, I'm always at the intersection of grace and mercy. You can use this too. I'm always at the intersection of provision and help. I'm always at the intersection of strength and power. It's awesome. So anywhere that I go, even if it's a deserted place, no matter where I am, people come out of nowhere if I need help. And it's true. I have so many stories like this. I'm sure you do too. If you're looking for them, I mean, there have been times that I've needed to lift heavy things up into my truck and I had nobody there, but all of a sudden, two strapping young men come walking by and I just have the boldness enough to ask, would you be willing to help me with that? Oh, yeah. Or I go, or I, or I stall and I'm, I'm broken down on the side of the road. Well, I got AAA many, many years ago, but besides calling AAA, which I think every person should have if you drive older cars like I do, so it happened. It happened to me this week. And I got more joy out of this intersection of grace and mercy than I have had in a long time. Well, I got as much joy as fixing the closet as I did of, of this moment that I had. I was leaving Starbucks with Jessica on Tuesday at the noon hour. And I was leaving that 41st and Sheridan, you know, where there's like a Chipotle and a Whataburger and a Starbucks. And then there's like all this traffic where there's Academy and a Buffalo Wild Wings and there's come and go. And it's 41st, 41st and Sheridan, y'all with me. And I'm coming out of that ridiculously designed Starbucks. Come on, somebody. That is ridiculous. And those city planners need to be held accountable. So we're coming out and I turn right and I'm going to have another appointment at the tea house at the farm, at H2O Oasis. I'm going to have another business meeting at the tea house. So I go right, and there's this truck, older truck, stalled right before the overpass over 44. He's by himself in a truck, white Chevy Silverado. I'm in the convertible. I come up behind him. I put my, my flashers on because it's the noon hour, and everybody's flying around him, Noah. Everybody's going and going and going, and, and nobody's stopping to help this guy. So, and it's just busy. It's really terribly busy. So I, I stop. I get out. I have my really cool, cute pink sunglasses on. And I walk up to the guy. I thought that sort of shielded me, like I was protected, like in case this guy's like setting me up, you know. I don't know why I thought that. But I, I walk up, and there's all these cars going by. And, I, and he's like, this is the worst, he says, this is the worst possible place to stall. I don't know how to get up over this hill. And the hill when you're in a vehicle doesn't look that steep, but when you're trying to push <laughs> a truck, it's really steep. So I said, he said, I'm thinking I can just push it back. I said, sir, look at this long line of cars. Well, there's no way we're getting back into that Starbucks. And I said, do you, and all of a sudden, I'm at the intersection of grace and mercy. I'm at the intersection of provision. And I look, and there are four count them, four strapping young athletic men standing at the stoplight, going back to Bishop Kelly, 
they're doing sports. They have their Whataburger bags, their drinks in their hand, their backpacks on their back. They're like 15 years old. And I said, I said to the guy, I said, do you want your truck pushed? And he said, yes. I said, hey, guys. I mean, and the, 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 the traffic is so loud, and people are zooming past us. And they go, what? They thought I was yelling at them. And they thought they did something wrong. And that's what they told me. They said, we thought you were yelling at us. I said, no, come here. Do you want to help me push this truck over that hill? And they said, yeah. And they put their, their bags down. And they put their drink and their lunch down. And they come running over, these strapping young guys. And, uh, and I said, okay, guys, we don't know what's over that hill. I don't know what parking lot that he's going to pull into. So you just got to go with it. So on the count of three, we're going to start pushing this truck. And you're going to push as hard as you can. And then when you get over that hill, you're going to let it go. And he's going to drive into a parking lot, okay? All right, ma'am. I got called, ma'am. All right, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And the, the guy is like, okay, I'll help. I said, no, you get in the truck and drive it. You get in the truck and steer. You guys go. I'll get in the car, put on the hazards, and go behind them because all of a sudden I got mama bear. And I'm like, oh, shit. What if these kids get hurt? What if they blow a fuse in their heart? I don't know what they get. I don't know what's going to go on. <laughs> so I'm driving behind these, uh, you know, kids, and, and, they're, and, and people are still going behind them, and they push, 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 push. They got it up over. They were so proud of themselves. They reached the summit, and they got it going, and they just start running. They're like, yeah, and I rolled the window down. I'm like, you guys did it. They're like, yeah. They run back to their lunch, go on, and tell the story to their house. It's wonderful. Then this guy really builds up speed. <laughs> He's going barreling down that hill, and, you know, there's no so he swings wide the Lord cleared the traffic there was nobody around him he swung wide and then barreled up into that come and go parking lot and goes up the hill super fast and then back down the hill into a parking space where he could get some help and I said I, I uh, was honking at him and he was like thank you you know we're doing all this it was really great a lesson in boundaries I could have canceled my next meeting, right? Gone into the come and go with him. Stayed with him until the ah, la la. I'd have been all good Samaritan-y, okay? But I did what I could do, and then I passed the baton to come and go, all right? I passed the baton to somebody else. A lesson in boundaries. You do what you do, and this is a marathon. You pass it on. The band can go ahead and come on up, and someone can go and tell the children that we are one song. Teresa, tell them we're one song away. We have to understand the limitations of our help, the limitations of what we can do. I was so pleased with what we could do. And, you know, the next day when I walked by that, drove by that come and go, that truck was gone. God made a way for him. God, he had friends. He had a way to do it, but we got him there. The call to action. Morning, noon, and night. If we praise and bless the Lord, speak well of God in the morning and name our day. 
before the day has, can you just turn there at the, um, or maybe she can do it on her own piano. Maybe she can just turn down for just a moment while we, while we do this and then we'll sing. Um, name the day, and I want you to play though for sure. In the middle of the day, before we know we have a mess to deal with at the two o'clock meeting, we're praising the Lord and thanking God for the solution that's already in place. The science shows that speaking positive statements over yourself as you rise and positive statements over yourself as you go to sleep, it creates a space for your anxious thoughts and your anxious mind to take comfort. If you establish yourself a structure on the inside that says the Lord is my shepherd, God is always solving problems with me. I am calm. I am curious about how this problem will turn out for my good. Can you create praise in your day? Can you create time in your day for praise? Can you make a habit that bonds you to God? What if your mouth declared the end of the day from the beginning before the anxiety tries to cover and shut your mouth? Praise is the only culture we cannot live without. The Lord is a sure foundation. We may not be in control of every outcome, but we know the one in whom we place our trust. It's good for your health to trust God. It's good for your family for you to trust God. Praise as a culture should not be something that we only hear on Sunday mornings, but something that we take into our homes. I started a, a, a tradition, you know, based on our communion table. Every time we eat and drink, let us remember the Lord Jesus. So whether you're fasting or whether you are eating and drinking, morning, noon, and night, I invite you to use this phrase. Every time I eat and drink, I remember that I'm a person of praise and I remember the Lord Jesus. I invite you to, to do that in your daily life and see how it makes a difference in your outlook. God bless you with the ministering of this word. May it plant deeply in your soul and may you feel the nourishment and the harvest of it every day of this week. Let us sing.